Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast. We're doing a show coming to you on this Friday, February the 4th, 2022. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, we are talking about the brutal truths about getting ripped. Uh, I feel like this is the first podcast I've done solo in in eternity because we've had so many awesome guests and we have a ton of people on the docket for February and March and we're building out into April. Uh, thank you to everybody who sent in requests of people they thought would be interesting and fun and provide value to all of the listeners. I have, uh, I think like 400 and some requests via email and Instagram right now, which is a lot. Uh, me sending that out uh, to our email list was a Jeremy uh, having a stupid moment and not realizing that uh, it's not just my friends and family on these email lists after 15 years. It's a lot of people from all over the world. So very humbled and it should be fun. I have a lot of uh, interesting conversations coming your way, but I wanted to get this one out today because I do think it is important. Uh, over the years, we've done a couple different takes on this. We've done the cost of getting lean. I've done one on, you know, kind of living uh, shredded uh, 365, a couple different approaches. But this one, I wanted to go more nuanced, I guess. And for the people who maybe are overweight and want to get into a healthy weight range, maybe the people who are in a healthy weight range and want to be a little bit leaner, and then the people who are already lean and want to take it to that next level and, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, be ripped like Rambo or have that kind of Stallone Rocky four conditioning or for the ladies out there, you know, look the way that you see people on social media and Instagram or what used to be the magazines and just understanding what that looks like in terms of lifestyle. I want to paint a, a clear picture. Full disclaimer, I don't want to talk anybody out of doing anything but I want to be completely transparent and honest because I think from afar, oftentimes we see an end result and we don't really understand what goes on behind the scenes. And I don't just mean the hour in the gym. I mean the other 23 hours of the day, seven days a week, 365. And this is coming from personal experience. Obviously myself, I have been living, you know, in this ripped, you know, form that you see on the internet every day for the better part of probably 13 14 years now at this point, and I've never really turned it off. And there's a cost to that. Uh, my fitness friends, a lot of them have been on the podcast, you know them, the extreme people, obviously the BJ Gadours, the Alexia Clarks, the Hannah Edens, the Colleen Foshes. And uh, I'm going to kind of break it down for everybody. And so hopefully you can assess for yourself what's worth it and what's not worth it, and where you can find a happy medium and balance if that is something that you're striving for. But before I kick into that, we are going to thank our sponsors real quick. First, my homies over at JLab Pro. This is where we get our protein, our turmeric, our collagen, our curl oils. We always have a discount on the protein. It's sweetened with stevia. It's easy on my stomach. That's why I use it. Also, the collagen, we always have a discount code. And throughout the year, we have a handful of discounts for everything on their site. The website is jeremyscottfitness.jlabpro.com. I'm happy to send you guys a link to all the products and the discounts. And we also have a free supplement guide if you want that as well, which breaks down all of the things that we take and prescribe here uh, for our athletes, for myself, and obviously for our friends and family. So the site is jeremyscottfitness.jlabpro.com to get all that stuff hooked up today. 
Also, we are brought to you by my friends at Sleeves Sold Separately. A lot of you ask about the pants that I wear, the joggers. I believe I have like five or six pair at this point. Uh, I'm, I don't really uh, deviate from the schedule. I wear black. I also do have gray and blue and maybe one other color, but I only wear the black uh, in public for the most part. I don't know why. I'm just very robotic in what I do, and obviously I'm not very fashion forward, but on their joggers, hoodies, t-shirts, which are all amazing, and the candle I have right now, their Sugarman candle, it is the best smelling candle on earth. I'm not just saying that. I literally just love this candle. I'm not a huge, like, you know, creepy candle person. No offense to anybody out there. Uh, so if you guys want to check anything out, the website is sleevesholdseparately.com. You can put in the code JSCOTT15 for 15% off everything always. That's the joggers, the t-shirts, and they have a bunch of other awesome products as well. And we're brought to you by my friends at Beam CBD, the site beamtlc.com. If you guys want to check it out, uh, you get 20% off all products, 35% off all subscriptions with the code Jeremy Scott. The dream product I take every single night or almost every single night to go to sleep. It's not habit forming, doesn't get you high, but it does help you fall asleep and stay asleep. At least it works for me. If you want a free sample of the dream, I'm happy to send you guys a couple, see if it helps you sleep better. And then you can get hooked up with all the discounts from there. So just message me and I'm happy to uh, hook you guys up with all of the free dream samples you can handle. And we'll go from there. Also, we're brought to you by our friends at dryfarmwines.com. Now, Dry Farm Wines, my wife loves it. Uh, she hooked us up with these guys. They do organic lower alcohol, sugar-free. It is free of all the toxic additives, which did not know about wine. They can throw up to 76 FDA-approved additives into wine, which seems ridiculous to me because you should just get this, you know, rare natural wine, but apparently that is very hard to find. They estimate that less than 0.01% of all the world's wines meet that strict criteria, which is crazy. So if you want to check it out and you're going to drink booze now that dry January is over, if you participated in that, which for me, that was not that complicated to do. You can get hooked up with a free bottle of wine or basically buy one, get one for a penny. So it's dryfarmwines.com slash Jeremy Scott Fitness to get hooked up with a bottle for just one cent when you purchase the bottle. Great for gifts and obviously friends and family. And if you guys dig wines that aren't packed full of a bunch of bullshit, this is where I would go. And last but not least, we are brought to you by my friends at Athletic Greens. The one thing I take every single day and I never miss. The site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott. If you buy some greens, you'll get a year's supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. Pretty badass. If you're somebody who struggles to eat enough green vegetables and fruits, which let's be real, almost everybody does. One scoop of Athletic Greens gets you guys the antioxidant equivalent to 10 to 12 servings of fruits and veggies. And there are 75 whole food ingredients inside there with probiotics and digestive enzymes. You simply take a pack, throw it in some water or grab a scoop, throw it in water, shake it, slam it, and you're covered for the day. Still eat real food, obviously, but this covers the gaps in your nutrition. Simple enough. If you're on the fence, maybe this is the first time you've heard me talk about it. Maybe this is the 460th podcast you've heard me talk about it. Shoot me a message with your home address. I will send you a pack for free. I don't care what state, country, providence you live in. If the post office can get to you, I will get you some Athletic Greens to try and see how they taste. If you like it, then go to the site, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott. Get hooked up with the year supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs with your greens. So again, message us on Instagram, 
Facebook, YouTube, the contact page on the website. Monica will ship you a pack and you guys will be good to go. I can't stress it enough. It's the best tasting greens. I used to drink a lot of disgusting things in college, uh, none of which were good for me. This tastes a thousand times better than that and it's actually good for my body. So message us and I'll get you guys hooked up with all the free stuff today. So now, talking about the brutal truths about getting ripped. One quick note I do want to throw out there. Uh, I was listening to a podcast today. Oh, man, I'm going to blank uh, on the name. It, Pat Rigsby had sent it out, and I think it was uh, Billy Hofaker's uh, podcast, I think. There, he, there were some interviews on there. Uh, I can't really remember. I was trying to do work and listen at the same time, which obviously you can tell my brain can't really do two things at once, so I'm struggling to even recall the name of the podcast. However, there was a little clip where it talked about podcasts in general. And I thought it was interesting and I wanted to share it with everybody, especially the creators out there, those of you who maybe you have a podcast, maybe you just started one, maybe you're thinking about starting one. Um, and it is, it's not just tied to podcasts. It could be uh, a side hustle. It could be a personal brand. It could be your business. And the stat was 90% of podcasts don't get past episode three. I'll repeat that again. 90% of podcasts don't get past episode three. That's 1.8 million who quit. Of the 200,000 left, 90% will quit after 20 episodes. That's another 180,000 podcasts gone. To be in the top 1% of podcasts in the world, you only need to publish 21 episodes. Pretty crazy, right? Um, I share that because this is episode, I believe, four, 4.59, and again, you guys who have been around for a long time or have listened for the past, what are we on, year four or five right now of the podcast, which is crazy because time just kind of flew by. Uh, originally, I started this because I got tired of answering the same question day after day after day on uh, Instagram DMs, and so originally, we were making YouTube videos, which it's harder to... It's not hard to send. It's harder for people to consume because you're watching it. You're trying to listen to it with all the different apps. And just creating those over time for this long-form content. Like, this is going to end up on YouTube, obviously. But a lot of it, we were trying to put graphics on it, do all these fancy things. And I'm like, you know what? Let me just cut the bullshit and answer somebody's question about creatine, about barefoot training, about carnivore diet, about you name it. And so we would make episodes based on your requests. And that's how this originally started. I didn't have any equipment. We didn't have any mics. I was talking into an iPhone um, or an iPad. I remember I did one episode I recorded in my uh, in my car, in my garage. And it's probably one of the first ones we did. It was probably like 13 minutes, but I was just answering a question. And the point I'm driving at is just start something. If you're really passionate about it and you really care about it and you want to help people, just start something. And stick with it. Uh, my quick advice is if you're getting into anything just for money, um, that's never worked out for me. Uh, maybe early, early on in my career, I, I would do, you know, one or two things f just for money. And I'm like, oh, this idea will be great. I'm going to do it just to, to sell it to somebody else to pick it up and make money. And that never worked out for me. For a lot of you, that might be the path. But that's not what motivates me. 
And that's not what's driven me to do 459 podcast episodes and now expand it uh, even bigger because of the, I guess, what the term is, popularity of it or the reach that we now have. We attract uh, different kinds of guests who want to be on because we can elevate them with this platform and I'm happy to do it. And if I would have just got into it, you know, to make money and got into it just to reach a lot of people, I would have quit. 400 and, and probably 50 episodes ago like everybody else and that's just the takeaway it's if you love something and you're passionate about it and you really want to help people just stick with it and the odds are it's going to take you a lot longer than you think to see the results that you want and maybe it's a year maybe it's two years maybe it's three years or maybe it's four years going on five and then it turns into something that uh is actually beneficial and helpful and fun and lucrative for you and your family and everyone surrounded by you. And that's all I want to do is just share that real quick for all the creators out there. If you've been doing something for three months, six months, a year, two years, and it hasn't popped off yet, you're still in the infancy of it. Just give it time. Uh, keep getting better. And uh, if you really pour yourself into it, I think it's going to work out for you. At least that's been my experience. And a lot of you are much much smarter and more talented than I am. So with that, um, it segues me into the brutal truths about, uh, you know, living ripped here, which ultimately takes time as well. And that's, I guess, kind of the tie-in. Obviously, lean is a, is a relative term. And so let's obviously, you know, start there. What is lean to one person might not be lean to another. But I think for most of us, we have a general idea of what being healthy and fit uh, looks like. Now, obviously, there's extremes of that. Like if you're talking like bodybuilding lean, like the, the pro level stuff, or even the natural level stuff where you start to have striations and, and shreds in your glutes where there's veins uh, visible in your ass, that is lean. Uh, but that's something that most people will never touch. And I, I do not think that they should. I grew up in an ecosystem in fitness just so I can paint a picture for everybody, where we would show up to, obviously, I would compete, whether it was physique or bodybuilding and those things, or we'd go to photo shoots for some of these brands, um, whether it be clothing or the supplement companies that sponsored me early on in my career. You could go to an event and you could still have abs and be considered fat. And I know that sounds disgusting and terrible, and it is, but that is the reality in that vanity kind of driven based world where you can have abs showing, but there's somebody who's so much leaner than you in that industry and in that, I guess, ecosystem of fitness. And if you're not careful, that can fuck your brain up. And I share that because I think a lot of people right now are comparing themselves to people they see on social media, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook and all the major outlets. And they say, well, you know, Jeremy looks like this. This is what I need to do. It's not what you need to do. Um, our backgrounds are different. Our genetics are different. Our, uh, our work ethics are, are probably different. And what I have uh, had to give up and I'm still willing to give up every day is why I'm here. And the juice is worth the squeeze for me. I don't think it is for a lot of people listening unless this is ultimately what you do for a living and want to do for a living. And even with that said, I still don't think it's necessary. Most of my 
fitness friends, a majority, not all, there's a small segment of serial killers like myself, where we all live this life, uh, pretty much 365. The vast majority of my fitness friends are outside of that circle. They make a lot of money. They help a lot of people. They're great coaches, but they by no means have abs 24-7, 365. I need to say that because I think a lot of people assume, oh, everybody in fitness is, uh, you know, Brad Pitt from Troy, and uh, they are not my friends. Most of the best coaches are just fit, healthy people, and being shredded to the bone is not something that they strive for or they need to do, and it definitely is not necessary for them to be awesome at their craft. I'll talk about the uh, the asterisk by that a little later on in the episode. So lean is lean. Someone who looks fit and healthy, picture, you know, you know, maybe a professional athlete or just somebody who's in a, a healthy, you know, kind of trim weight range. And what is a healthy body fat anyway for, for people out there listening? And uh, obviously I've shared some stats recently about the amount of people that are obviously overweight and the obesity uh, epidemic, which I, I see going on in the world, which is really sad. But for the sake of context, let's look at some numbers. If you look at data, most men can be healthy somewhere between, let's say, 11% and 22% body fat. Now, that's not to say there isn't dudes who are under 11% that are healthy, definitely are, and there might be some dudes who could be slightly over that and still be healthy. But for the most part, I tend to tell people, if you're a dude, 10 to 20% is kind of where you live. This range here is pulling 11 to 22%, but you know, tomato, tomato, it's about the same. So if you're a man and you're listening and your body fat is between about 10 to 20% or like that 11 to 22%, you're a healthy person in terms of body fat percentage. If you're a female, I usually say here off the cuff, 20 to 30%. This statistics I'm pulling right here says for a female, 22 to 33% is in the healthy weight range. So again, men, 11 to 22, women 22 to 23, or my kind of raw numbers that I just pull out of my ass randomly, I always say 10 to 20, 20 to 30. It's easier for people to kind of remember. Now, that doesn't mean you love the way you look at those body fat percentages. That comes more down to, you know, obviously uh, how much self-love you have. If you have body dysmorphia, if there's body image issues, there's a lot of things to unwrap there, which is for a different podcast altogether. In fact, we do have one um, body dysmorphia where I talk about myself and things in the industry that obviously I've experienced over time. But right now in the United States, the average man is about 28% body fat and the average woman is about 40% body fat. So if we know the healthy ranges of body fat for men is 10 to 20 and women is 20 to 30 ish. Right now in the U.S., the man average is 28%, which far exceeds the healthy range. For a woman, it's about 40%, which far exceeds the healthy range. In other words, the average adult in the U.S. and throughout most of uh, the Western world, I'd imagine, is carrying a lot of excess body fat, which I would consider unhealthy levels of body fat, which we've already shared before. If you know about disease, chronic disease, uh, if you want to say COVID um, even in particular, uh, the heavier you are, the more at risk you are to have a shittier reaction when diseases come your way. 
That's not my opinion. That is just science and that is reality. You can pull all the research you want from Johns Hopkins on down. People are, are starting to finally paint a real clear picture of, of what it costs to, uh, to carry this excess weight around every single day. And it's just not fun. And it's not something most people, you know, would choose to do uh, willingly if they could just get control of it, which obviously most of us can. Obviously, there's genetic outliers. There's there's different things that go on. But there is a path to living healthier and leaner overall. Now, with that said, let's kind of break down the three levels um, and say you're slightly overweight and you just want to get into a healthy weight range to start, which depending on who's listening and where you're at and how rough the last uh, two years have been, uh, you might find yourself carrying a little extra you than you uh, than you want to carry around. A little, you know, uh, what do you want to call it? Fluff, uh, if you will. Your snowman has got a little bit more snow and you want to kind of melt it down because spring and, and summer's coming. And you just want to be healthier and uh, and feel better. And most people, um, I'm going to generalize here a lot because I can't speak to every individual. There's going to always be outliers. So when you're listening to this, just obviously take that uh, in context. Most people, as you get older, you're probably going to be more athletic, more mobile, more functionally fit at a lighter, you know, kind of your, your fighting weight. I believe BJ Gadur once, when did he tell me this? It had to been, I'm getting the years so mixed up because the last two years feel like it's like one big, you know, uh, kind of dumpster fire every year. But he said to me, he's always, we're in the, he goes, we're in the transition phase of life where we go from, from freaks to, uh, to warriors. And I understand what he meant by saying that. And in my head, I envision, you know, the freaks that obviously I believe we are to the, uh, you know, if you think like the movie 300, obviously I always reference, you know, uh, Brad Pitt from Troy, these types of just, uh, you know, athletic ripped lean people, maybe I'm not 200 and, you know, 25 pounds, maybe I'm 212, maybe I'm 214. And for me, maybe that's the perfect sweet spot. And as I get older and become even more like Bruce Willis, maybe that's 205 pounds, maybe that's 200 pounds, but whatever it is, you have enough muscle to, you know, look and, and move and do the things you want, but you're lean enough to be agile and functional. So I share that because I think as we age, sometimes dudes, want to be just, I want to be big, I want to be big, I want to be big. I'm like, well, it, it's hard to do and be lean at the same time. And I'm not saying don't try to be strong, don't try to build muscle. I'm all for that. But you also have to realize, hey, if you're 46 years old, without the use of drugs, you're probably not going to pack on 20 pounds of muscle over the next couple of years. That window has probably sailed. You can pack on some muscle for sure. But if you're already a bigger person, maybe just being leaner and kind of going that like I said before, Stallone from Rocky Four is a better spot to be in. And for a lot of the females, if I generalize, like, yeah, you can be a Colleen Fosh if you're a Colleen Fosh, but she's, you know, one in a trillion like a unicorn. If you're leaner and stronger, you're probably going to be happy and more functional overall. But for the average person, just kind of kicking things off. If you are slightly overweight and you want to get into a healthy weight range, it's a good spot to be in. You can do a few small things, these easy changes you can implement easily. For most people, if you're carrying a little bit extra you and you want to get rid of it, 
not consuming liquid calories is a good place to start. And that's if it's still if you're a, a drinking juice person. Uh, I'm not saying you can never drink orange juice or grape juice or apple juice, but it's basically sugar juice. And if you cut those out, it's an easy hack. If you're still drinking soda, especially the real stuff uh, that's packed with 50 grams of sugar typically per can, you cut those out, switch to water, maybe throw in a diet soda here or there to kind of bridge the gap, you'll be way better off. And then the big one for most people, it's alcohol. It's the booze. And I'm not telling you to kick the booze, but again, just coming off of a dry January, Obviously, my lifestyle is significantly different than a lot of people listening, but it's not that hard to do. And if you can commit to something and cut out an entire 30 days where you normally would have had, you know, 8, 10, 12, 14 drinks, that can be a game changer. And just limiting the juices and the sugars and the alcohols on most of the days of the week is going to put you guys in a good position to be successful. For a lot of people, if you just cut your alcohol volume in half, I think that would shed a lot of the extra weight you're carrying around from, and I say that from the people I've seen here and I've coached here in person over the years, we're social creatures, obviously happy hour and parties and sitting by your pool and doing events with friends usually always revolves around food and booze. But if you can cut that in half or at least cut the weekly drinking by yourself down, you can get rid of the, the extra weight you have. Also, not overeating all the desserts and fast food. Instead, just eating those things in reasonable amounts. So instead of going to fast food three or four times a week, again, cut that volume in half, maybe just twice a week. If you're always a dessert person and it's the cookies, the cakes, the pies, uh, whatever people are into, you don't have to have that every meal. Or you can make a better choice. Grab yourself... Uh, you know, some dark chocolate, grab yourself, uh, you know, a halo top or a perfect bar or some power crunch bars, things that are still sweet and can kind of satisfy the craving, but aren't, you know, packed with all the sugar and all the fats at once where you start to avalanche and just eat and eat and eat, even though you're already full. I'm not saying cut it all out completely, but if you dropped it down to a couple days a week, you'll be doing okay. Also walking daily. Um, for a lot of people who are overweight, if you just would get 10,000 steps in a day, that can be a game changer. If you're already there, maybe training just two to three times a week at a moderate, uh, too intense pace, that could probably do it as well. And if you do all those things over time, you'll see a change in how you look and move and feel. I can promise you your strength and endurance will change. And if you do it consistently enough, the scale is going to change and your clothes are going to fit a little bit better. And that's what I would call a normal, healthy lifestyle for most Americans, which sadly, there is very few people uh, living like that in America. And that's not hard to do. What I just described is this. You're walking every day, which you already should be. It's a gift that you can. You're working out two to three times per week where you're kind of melting your face off for probably about 30 minutes. You are not drinking booze and sugary drinks every day, and you're not getting fast food and overeating, you know, desserts and cookies and treats most days of the week. Does that seem that complex? It really doesn't. Um, But again, here we are, and you have a vast majority of people who are overweight and you're getting to kind of that halfway point in the next couple of years where obesity is going to be about half the people. So one in every two people you see, which is insane. 
But what I described right there for most people is a healthy lifestyle where you can be in a healthy weight range, you can still enjoy drinks and food with friends, but you do got to be active and some of the days a week you have to be mindful. You can't eat and drink like an asshole and do nothing and think that it's naturally going to get better because you're getting older, softer, and wrinklier every day if you don't fight it. Father time is undefeated. None of us gets out of this life alive. Uh, I wish it was a different story. Trust me, if I could recover the same way I did when I was 17, it'd be awesome. But I can't play four basketball games in a day and eat Burger King and wake up and have, you know, zero consequences, still be shredded and have my knees, hips and ankles feel like nothing happened. These things do add up to me now. So I do have to take things more serious. All of you listening are the exact same way. Next, if we talk about the person who is already in a healthy weight range and wants to get leaner. Now, you're the person who is already fit. Your friends probably look at you and like, oh, you're fit, you're in shape, and you probably even feel this way as well, but you want to be leaner, like the next level of fitness where you maybe don't look like everybody else. You're starting to look, I don't want to say like a freak because we're not quite there yet, but you just look like yeah, this person takes their uh, their health and fitness seriously. So if you're a dude and you're wanting to go from, say, you know, your 15% body fat, which is a really fit, healthy dude, to 10% body fat, where you can probably start to see your abs and you probably have some, some real definition in your muscles. Or maybe you're a female and you want to go from 25% and you want to go closer to 20%. You know, you really want to start seeing... You know, the, the cuts in your hamstrings, maybe a little bit of a shoulder cap here. Uh, you got a flat stomach. You're, you're really trying to level up your fitness. This is where things get a little bit tougher. And uh, this is where I'm going to keep saying the phrase, if the juice is worth the squeeze. And only you can decide if that's right for you. And that's the thing where I want to get away from the comparison of people on social media, comparing to fitness professionals, uh, or influencers, or to your friend, or family, or some person that you saw running or walking. You never know the full context of everything. And I'm going to tie this into lifestyle in terms of the, the jobs we have, homes we live in, and the cars we drive, because it's all going to make sense uh, by the end of this episode. But if you are the person who's in a healthy weight range and you want to be leaner, you're probably going to have to do more than you're doing right now, which is obvious. You're going to have to exercise a little bit more or be a little bit more focused with it. And uh, I guess the intensity is going to have to increase. If you currently work out, you know, two to three times per week, you're probably going to have to ramp that up to four or five days, I would imagine. Or the intensity or the duration is going to have to go up. So if you're a person, you work out two, three times a week, you're gonna have to go to four or five. So adding in, you know, another two or three days and just increasing the overall intensity of those sessions and being very focused in uh, what you want to get out of it. Also, you're going to have to eat more vegetables and lean proteins in your meals, which seems pretty common. And what I mean by that is protein, produce, and water, just wash, rinse, repeat, and whole foods. Real food is going to be the base of everything you do. You're going to have to do a little bit more prior, uh, like meal planning and prepping, less fast food, less uh, less bullshit stuff. And I'll get to that in a second. And 
what you'll have to do is get serious about your rest and recovery because the uptick in training, your body's going to break down obviously faster, especially if you're getting older. So you need to be really focused on, you know, here's the days I can pull back. Here's, uh, you know, what I have to do for my recovery. If it's foam rolling, if it's professional massage, if it's just taking a day off in between my workouts, really being focused on where the rest days are and understanding like the quality of sleep you're getting, you know, let your body kind of heal up and really taking care of nagging issues before they become a bigger problem. And on top of all that, you got to learn some physical uh, hunger cues and fullness cues and really kind of map out what you're going to eat each day. And I'm not saying you have to prep every single meal and have it laid out for you and eat out of Tupperware. That's not what I'm saying. But you got to go to sleep every night knowing, hey, tomorrow I'm going to eat two or three meals or four meals, whatever it is. And you probably know about what's going to be in each meal. Maybe the protein's interchangeable. Maybe the vegetables are interchangeable. But you kind of know, hey, I eat at 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock and 6 o'clock. Or I eat at 12 o'clock and I eat at 6 o'clock. And this is what I'm putting in here. And you're just aware. You're not making decisions just on the fly and hitting the drive through or showing up to a happy hour and just kind of throwing caution to the wind. That's not going to get you from obviously being a healthy weight range to that next level of leanness. If you want to move up levels, you're going to have to sacrifice and dedicate a little bit more time, effort, and energy to that goal, which means, like I mentioned briefly, you'll probably need to do less drinking booze and less of the high-calorie drinks. So if you're used to drinking four days a week, maybe that goes down to one or two, depending on your genetic makeup. Eating fewer processed foods. You're not hitting the drive through You're not eating at gas stations. Uh, if you do kind of cheat and want to go out to eat, it's going to be focused. It's maybe one time per week, maybe two if you can get away with it. And you're really going to have to understand to delay gratification for things and, uh, and push off those treat and cheat meals and not eat when you're not physically hungry, which comes back to you learning the hunger cues that you have. So obviously staying hydrated, drinking water and being really focused on your food and making the food work for you and your body. That's why I say that the prepping and planning is probably going to have to take precedence just for the fact of if you're going to be working out more days, if the workouts are going to be more intense, you have to fuel for those workouts and understand, do I eat pre-workout? Do I eat post-workout? And how is my body reacting to these foods? How am I recovering? And what changes am I feeling and seeing as I move forward? And you'll have to make those small changes consistently over a good period of time. I put a caveat right by that where it's consistently over a period of time. I don't know how long that is for you. The nice thing is the fitter you get, the fitter you get. And that simply means the rich get richer. It's like compound interest in the body. However, the levels that you do get fitter, every percentage, it gets harder and harder and harder. So obviously, if you are 40% body fat, it's not as hard to go from obviously 40% to 35% as it is to go from 15% to 10%. Or if you're, you know, a female and you're at, you know, 40% body fat, you're going to 35 and you want to go from 25% to 20, that jump is a lot harder because you've already made so much progress. Hopefully that makes sense. You're past the novice level. And especially if your habits are all shit, 
you're not super active and you're feeding your body garbage, at first, almost anything's going to work. It's the levels that you increase where it becomes harder, but your body is also more efficient and you're creating a mold that you're stuck in. This is the point here where someone is in a healthy weight range, they have a good kind of lifestyle and a good balance, but they get motivated to take it to the next level of fitness. Many folks probably decide that that change isn't worth making. And again, I'm not trying to talk you out of it, but you're going to have to sacrifice some things along the way. And that's why I wanted to make this episode so the picture is clear. For those people out there who are already healthy and they want to look better and feel better and get a good night's sleep and get off medication and just be healthier, um, but they want to look the part as well, there's going to be some compromise there for sure. And a lot of people decide that... uh, They're not ready to make the sacrifices. They're not ready to make the commitment. And that's super cool. Um, The most important thing is that you realize in order to make a change in the way that your body looks and moves and feels, you have to actually make a change. And that's what I mean. The daily habits, rituals, and routines have to level up. They have to be more concise. They have to be more on point. And you don't have as much room to waver as the leaner you get, the more you're going to have to give up. And if we go to the next level, so the person who goes from overweight to healthy weight, from healthy weight to being lean, the person who wants to be the extreme, this is the stuff you see on the internet. Now, full disclaimer, I have some very fit friends, which I mentioned before, that live shredded, essentially, 365. They never turn it off. Uh, They're on camera every week. There's really no days off from this lifestyle. Uh, They have fun. They have a balance that works for them, which probably doesn't seem fun or a balance that other people would want. You have to know that. And this is what I'm talking about when you're already lean, but you want to know what it takes to get ripped and live close to that condition 365 days a year. This is where I advise people to measure the overall cost of what you're giving up for what you're getting. And the answer, only you can say, but that's when I ask, is the juice worth the squeeze? And two things. One, I like what I do. I like the way that I look. I like the way that I move. I like the way that I feel. But I also still take my clothes off every week and we film videos showing a certain level of conditioning but that works for me it works for my life it works for my body type it works for how i feel and honestly i'm an ectomorph by nature so naturally i'm a leaner person i just am bj gadur and i like i've said many times before we weigh about the same um he's naturally going to always be able to put on a little bit more muscle than me and i'm naturally always going to be a little bit leaner than him That's just the cards we're dealt. And we always want the stuff that we don't have. Uh, The girl who doesn't have the ass wants the ass. The girl that has the booty obviously wants, you know, the the leaner physique of the girl who can't build the butt. We all want those things. The guy who's super, you know, naturally bigger, he wants to be shredded. The guy that's, you know, a little bit, you know, smaller, he wants to be more jacked. And we all want it together at the same time. 
Sounds great in theory. Uh, the application, not so much. And I ask you guys to measure the overall cost of what it would take from your life versus what it would give from your life. And like I say all the time, this goes for everything. Um, funny enough story, Heather um, shot me a, a house the other day. Uh, we get these texts on our phones. Obviously, if you guys are on things like Zillow or Realtor.com or whatever, uh, they'll send like updates. Here's a home in your neighborhood uh, for whatever reason. Sometimes I get a lot of condos. I don't know why. I've never searched for condos. I mean, at least in the last, you know, probably 10 years or so. Um, and she gets obviously other homes. So she sent me this house and uh, funny story. I thought it was uh, $1.5 million. And I just, I comment, I looked at it real quick and I'm like, that's not worth it. Um, it was like over $3 million. So clearly I was wrong. I didn't think it was worth it for 1.5. I sure as hell didn't think it was worth it for 3 million. And she wasn't sending it to me like, Hey, let's buy this. She's just like, Hey, look what popped up. And, uh, just looking at the square footage and, and lot size and different things. And the point of me sharing that story is I look at something like that where, three million bucks for a house. And I don't know where you guys sit financially in your situations. And it, to me, it's not, um, it's not about the cost of the money. It's about what it costs to get in a house like that and stay there and live there and be there. And for me coming from nothing and no money and humble beginnings, I look at that as a ridiculous amount of money for a home. And I'm not judging anybody. If you have a $10 million house, respect. I'm sure it's amazing. I'd love to come to your pool party. But for me to invest that much time, because that's how I look at money. I look at money as, as time. And even the passive incomes that we have, there's only so much lifetime that I have. And to pay, you know, what is that house payment on $3 bucks? Is like $12,000 $12, a month is the house payment, give or take. It's not worth it. The juice is not worth the squeeze to me. So for me to come up with that much money every month to pay for a house, I would have to be sitting in this same chair right here talking to you guys even more, uh, doing even more uh, online coaching, even more programs, expanding the gym offerings even more, doing more uh, sponsorship deals and partnerships. And the overall cost isn't worth it. It would take away more happiness from me than it would give me is what I'm saying to you. I look at that for a lot of things in life. The same way I look at if it was, you know, a driving a G-Wagon, which what do they cost now? 200 and some thousand dollars for a G-Wagon. They look cool. Um, if you got one, I'm sure they're awesome. You want to pick me up, I'll take a ride in it. But I don't want to pay the money for that because it's just going to sit here in the parking lot the same way that my beautiful 08 Honda Accord does. The cost of it is going to take away more from me than it's going to give me. The juice isn't worth the squeeze for me. I share those to kind of mirror being that ripped. For me, being in this condition every day, the juice is worth the squeeze. I'm naturally lean. I like the way I look and move and feel. I can present it to the world. We've gotten, you know, multiple lucrative deals with, you know, a multitude of companies over time. And a large part of that is because the way that I look, because I can get eyeballs on our business and our podcast and our newsletter and all the things we do. It drives traffic. Your body is your business card in my industry, even though I don't agree with that. I go, it's the fucking world we live in. Whether you like it or not, people judge you on the way that you look. And I've built an entire lifestyle around it. So for me, the juice is worth the squeeze there. I share all that because you have to make the decision for yourself. And for a lot of people, as fitness Jesus would say, David Jack himself, 
you get to a point where you get so lean or you're trying to get so fit, your fitness steals your fitness. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Where you're putting so much time, effort, energy into it, your fitness is actually stealing from the rest of your life where you could be hiking or paddleboarding or playing with your kids, but you're spending so much time dedicated to the gym, to meal prep, to eating, to sleeping, to recovery, it isn't worth it for you. So going from lean and ripped to shredded, the trade-offs aren't worth it because they get more serious as you go. And something that a lot of people don't think they realize is adhering to an extremely strict uh, regimen of eating and training is the only way to get there. And uh, even if you could get there a different way, it's the only way to stay there. And a lot of people will say this in our profession and industry, and I've heard it forever. Well, I'm just going to do this until I get to this body fat percentage. And then I'm just going to put it on like kind of a maintenance mode. It doesn't work that way. Now I'll give you if you get somewhere, and you've made the journey to get there, you understand what it took to get there. But it's not like making money where you can make money and you can buy uh, assets that appreciate uh, over time and pay you more money or how compound interest works or you have passive income streams. Fitness is not that way. You have to do the work to get there. And then to get there, you have to keep doing the same thing or oddly enough, even more as time goes on because you're getting older to maintain that same level of conditioning, which this is not. This was not in my notes, but it just popped in my head today. Uh, I did a video the other day where I shared uh, a lower body version of the workouts that I do, and it was split squats. And this is how I this is how I loaded them for this workout. Uh, I think it was a week or two ago. I did uh, ten sets of. Uh, did I do ten sets of ten? I did five sets. I went five sets, five sets, five sets. Yeah, it was disgusting. Um, I started with, um, and I did the video in reverse order on Instagram just because it worked better for the uh, uh, the screenshot. It's a little bit of gamesmanship for you guys out there. But I start off doing mobility, heavy. Then I do uh, uh, bench squats, 100-pound dumbbell, goblet squat style, sit my ass on the bench. I do all 10 reps, and I do five straight sets of that. Then I move into the dumbbell RDLs, 100-pound dumbbell in each hand. Full hip hinge. Uh, typically, I go a little bit more straight leg to let, let it be hamstring heavy, let the hamstring stretch. I do all 10 reps for five sets. And then the last sequence, I do uh, split squats. Now, sometimes I'll do five, five, five sets, or sometimes I'll just set the clock for like 40 minutes and go through as many sets as I can with a one minute rest in between. I'll do it circuit style. I do think the straight sets is actually worse. And when I say worse, I mean uh, better in terms of uh, building muscle and hypertrophy, but definitely worse to do. And just your body's just a smoke show. But for the split squats, I did a 100-pound dumbbell in each hand and then sets of 10 on each leg, which is absolutely brutal. You have to be mindful of the reps. You're worried about stability. Uh, it just It's really crushing. And as much as I hate split squats, it is one of the most hated workouts that I do, but also one of the most beneficial in terms of strength and also hypertrophy because you're obviously in that range. Now, Jeremy, why the hell would you share that story right here? Because right before I said, as you get older, it's getting harder for you to just maintain the current level of fitness you're at. Well, I had a nice gentleman on Instagram, I think it was Instagram or TikTok, I can't remember all the platforms. 
he wanted to make a comment and it was on that video in particular where I'm doing the split squats with 100 pound dumbbells in each hand. He's like, yeah, he's like, well, but you still look the same after two years. And I didn't reply. I think I actually deleted the comment or maybe it's still there. You can go check it. Um, but what I wanted to say was, um, yeah, fuck face. Uh, I do look the same and it's pretty awesome because I went from 36 to 38 years old and I still have the same amount of muscle mass and I'm still just as lean as I was then. That's the, the mode I'm in right now. I'm not trying to build muscle at 38 years old. I'm not trying to be 227 pounds. I'm not trying to be way leaner because that's going to take away from my life. Me eating more and trying to put on size is going to make me miserable in my daily life. That I know. Me living any leaner, which is sexy as it sounds, is going to take away from my personal life with my wife and friends and family because it's already so limited. And that's what I'm talking about is sometimes you have to really realize what you're giving up and what the cost is. And even for me, there's a cost that I'm not willing to pay for certain things. As cool as it is to sound, hey, let's do a real Ironman, like the full triathlon. It sounds cool, but what that would cost me in terms of my physical body, uh, my mental health for sure, uh, my happiness with my wife, and it would take so much away from my business because I would want to go all in on that. The juice isn't worth a squeeze for me. And I try to use the examples for myself just so you guys know, like, well, Jeremy's willing to do everything. I'm not because I can't. I've said this before. If I was in worse shape, I would make more money in this business because I would have more time to dedicate to it. If I was in, you know, way better shape, like even leaner than I am now, it would take away from my life happiness. So there's always going to be a cost associated with everything. And I'm talking about extremes here when I say this. I mean, if you're a male and you're trying to get to like 8% body fat or lower, and you're a female and you're trying to get to 17% body fat or lower, you're going to have to give up damn near everything to get there, but also to live there. Now, no, there's going to be obviously, you know, genetic outliers in there. And there's the the people that are naturally just leaner or fitter and have a, a great genetic makeup. They got dealt a great set of cards. But for most of us, that's not what's happening. You got an average set of cards at best. Maybe you got some, some certain gifts in other areas, but to live as a man, 8% or lower and a woman under 17% or lower, it's going to take a lot. And every single percent you get down that road, it becomes much tougher. So as a dude, going from 9% to 8% to 7% to 6%, you're going to have to die to get there. As a female, from 19 to 18 to 17 to 16 to lower, you're going to have to die to get there. And that process is not for the faint of heart. It is not for people who are looking to live what I would consider like a well rounded life. Now, if you are a serial killer and a psychopath like me, and you have no interest in any kind of balance and you don't give a shit, then that might be for you. I remember doing a photo shoot here with uh, a lady, Tammy Ketcherside. I believe Tammy was in her 40s at the time. And she was, I mean, ripped. I mean, shreds life. We have her photos up on the wall here in our lobby. If you ever come in, I think she was down in the probably like 14 uh, 13% range. And I mean, in- insanity. When we took her to a photo shoot with the same guy, um, shout out to my man, Jason Swar, that's done multiple magazine covers with myself. 
we brought her in and they take a picture and then they flash it on this giant Mac screen um, that we can see. So he snaps the photo of us and then there's a screen in the distance. And I remember her doing uh, like a back double bicep pose and he looks at it and she looks at it and she goes, what the hell is that? And I'm like, that's your back, dude. And just, I mean, shredded like to the bone. And it was just like, it's an amazing feat. But she's working out seven days a week in multiple soccer leagues on top of that and counting every single macro meticulously day after day after day after day. It was her entire life at that point. Now, I haven't seen her in a couple years, but if I had a guess, she doesn't look anywhere near that because you give up so much to get there and to stay there. And life is going to get in the way. Most people have successful careers and have kids and they want to travel and they want to be social and they can't balance all of those things. And honestly, when you're getting down to, you know, the nitty gritty of that, it goes against like a lot of these um, precision nutrition had a great piece on that. And I'm playing off some of the stuff that they put out here where they talk about the uh, biological cues where it requires you to exercise and train even when you're tired and maybe even exhausted and you don't you don't want to be in there and you don't want to do it, but you just grind anyway. And when you're getting to that level of leanness, it's going to demand that you kind of ignore your desire uh, for certain foods and ignoring these powerful hunger cues. And that really takes an intense focus and dedication to your goal and what you want to do. And what I'm describing here is you're tired, you're exhausted, you don't want to work out, but you're doing it anyway because it's in the program. And for most people, I don't think that's healthy. It demands you ignoring, oh, I'm super hungry, I'm super hungry, but you're like, fuck it, my macros are capped, or I'm not eating till this time, and you just kind of push through it, which for a lot of people, it's really hard to do. And uh, I think the biggest takeaway I'm describing here is it's going to distract you from other areas of your life that you might enjoy and you might value. And imagine all the practical things involved when you are, you know, really strict dieting and strict training. And I don't want to use the word dieting, but when I say dieting, I just mean your overall diet, like how you eat every single day. So for a lot of people listening, if you want to reach the levels of ripped and shredded and leaned and toned that you see on the internet, which real quick, I have to be honest, a lot of that stuff is bullshit. Now, I have fit friends who are freaks, but there's also people who fake it like crazy on the internet, meaning they get lean for like a photo shoot or they get lean for like a month or two and they shoot a ton of videos and they just reshare them and repurpose them. And it's basically bullshit because the rest of the year they look nothing like that. However, you see that every day as like, oh, that's what they do every day. That's what I should do every day. And I want to look just like them, but they're really selling you a bag and a box of bullshit. Full promise to you guys, I will never do that. If I become super fat one day, you'll see it out there or I'll just disappear from the internet and you'll know Jeremy became 300 pounds. Honestly, I don't see it happening. Uh, having dinner with uh, David Jack and, and BJ Gador, uh in December when he was here for the podcast, uh, as we were leaving dinner, we we're just kind of talking about uh, Dave Jack as I think he's like 50 now, which is crazy because the dude is like the most attractive, beautiful 50-year-old dude um, you'll ever see. And we're just talking about getting older and training and where you're at. And he looked at me in the face and he's like, I can, I know 100% you're going to be doing this until you're dead. 
um, short of something like, you know, throwing me out of it that I physically can't, he's right. I'm a grinder. This is what I do. This is what I like to do. Um, I choose to come in here and grind versus doing maybe things that what might be more fun. And uh, I don't know if that's a healthy thing, but that's kind of who I am. And there's days where I do throw in play and uh, escapism with fitness. It's, it's not nearly enough. Admittedly, that's probably my biggest, uh, the thing that I do at fault because I, I get married to the methodology of what I'm trying to do and what I want to accomplish. I'll say that with, I used to be way worse, uh, younger. I used to think I could only follow the program that I created and I had to beat the shit out of myself every single session. And now that I'm older and wiser, I realize you don't have to feel like you're dying every day. And it's okay sometimes to, uh, just get in the minimal amount of work needed, but I still tend to find myself in that psychopathic kind of push beyond and say, hey, you know what? I, I really want to go shoot some hoops today, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to come in here and push the sled and do split squats because that's what I need to do. And that's uh, something that I have to battle obviously with myself internally. Most of you probably don't have an inner uh, psychopath that hates yourself enough to push you towards that. So um, that's just a side note I wanted to share out there. So with that, you can't compare yourself to everybody because a lot of times what you're looking at is complete bullshit. Some of it's real, some of it's not. That's why I say always bull in your own lane and focus on what you want to do. But if you want to live a life that's, you know, the extreme levels of fitness, I'm talking like the 0.01% of people, you probably got to make your own food um, almost all the time, which personally for me, uh, I don't deviate from the, from my eating. Uh, you can ask Heather. We can, well, she'll be on Sunday. Uh, if you want, I can, I can have her, uh, break down for you what I do every day. I cook all my own meals other than one meal a week, one meal a week. I will not eat, uh, something I made at home. That's it. That's all I ever do. Uh, 52 weeks a year. That's how it works. If we're on vacation or something, uh, even those, I, uh, I've been really good about, uh, grilling my own food, just stopping somewhere, uh, grabbing some steaks or, or fish or wherever we're at. And, and that's what I do. It just, I feel the best that way I can control it. And uh, for me, it's not so much the vanity part of it. Cause honestly, at this point, I think I could eat out more than a handful of times and I don't think it would make that big a difference, but it's how I feel. I don't like to feel like shit, but that's just me. For most people, they do it for vanity reasons. So you're making most of your own food and uh, you're probably tracking macros. You're probably measuring your stuff down to the gram. Uh, full disclaimer, I don't track macros anymore and I don't measure my stuff down to the gram. However, I say that, but I also know how much I'm eating. For the potatoes, I pretty much have a, a really good idea of how many carbohydrates are in there. I might be off by 10 to 15 grams, but that's, that's a moot point. Uh, if it's steak, I know how much it is by weight. I look at that when I purchase it. So even though I don't quote unquote measure every gram, like a psychopath internally, I'm measuring every gram. And that's just, it works well for me in my lifestyle. I, obviously, I'm old enough at this point where I, I don't think it's taken away from me. And uh, if I do go out to eat, I enjoy myself and I don't feel bad about it. Um, I don't track those macros. I don't really give a shit. It's one meal a week and uh, it has no adverse effects on me. Unless we go to a restaurant and eat something that doesn't agree with me internally, the rest of it's fine. But for you guys, you're probably going to have to cook almost all your own food, track your macros, measure it down to the gram. And the food, for the most part, is probably going to be relatively plain. You can make it taste sexy. Obviously, there's a ton of recipes out there and websites, but... I keep it pretty simple. It's uh, it's steak 
and fish and ground turkey and chicken is what I do. And it's usually just salt and pepper or maybe just a, a certain kind of seasoning to sex it up a little bit. But short of that, plain potatoes. Uh, if I do rice, it's basic rice. If it's oatmeal, it's literally cinnamon caked on it and a little bit of uh, almond milk. If it's vegetables, they tend to be steamed or just we heat them up in a pan or raw at that point. And you're probably going to be in the same boat if you want to be to the levels of extreme leanness every single day. And uh, depending on your eating schedule and what you do, you might have to carry your food with you. That kind of fits your macro ranges so you don't miss a meal at the right time or you're maybe deep into the fasting game uh, so you can eat, again, like I said, most of your meals at home. You're probably not going to eat out in restaurants a ton. Um, or if you do, you're always going to have to plan it and prep it and look at the, the menu ahead of time and kind of make sure it's aligned with your goals. Now, some people can get away with more. Some people can get away with less. I think for the average person, eating out more than twice a week and being at the extreme levels of fitness that's probably where you're capped. So it does hinder your social life and, and the decisions that you make around that. And again, like I mentioned, you probably have to do a specific workout on a given day. Like, and honestly, most of the workouts, if you're really focused on just the looks of it, right? Like you want to be focused. I need to do this. I'm going to work on these specific muscles and these specific groups. And I'm trying to attain this certain physique that you're so dead set on achieving that is lean and when I say muscular I know I'm going to generalize here some women think I mean like oh Brock Lesnar I don't mean that I mean just you have like this physique that you really like and that there is a balance there of having muscle tissue on the body and being in a certain level of condition if that's what you're trying to achieve I hate to say this to you most of your workouts are probably going to be boring they're probably going to be the same movements done repeatedly over and over and over. If you're always chasing entertainment and fun is the main focus of your training, you're probably going to be frustrated. Um, and I mean frustration in terms of uh, how long it takes you, how much time, effort, energy for you to ultimately get your goals. Now, I'm not saying you can't have fun in the workouts. I think a lot of the things we do share on the internet here are fun, uh, in context, but if you notice they're similar movement patterns. I don't teach a lot of dangerous, funky stuff here. It's pretty basic. It's a push, a pull, a hip dominant, a quad dominant, it's a trunk, it's a total body, and then we sprinkle in certain levels of conditioning. We might sex up the uh, rep counts up or down, maybe the timing protocols, maybe the rest hold pauses, maybe the, the tools we use, dumbbells, kettlebells, bands, body weight, you name it. But at the end of the day, it's all birthed from the same basic movements. But if you want to do something different every single day, seven days a week, that's really not going to get you there. The people who are the most fit, the tried and true, our workouts tend to be boring. They tend to be the same movements done repeatedly over time. Not everybody, but most of us, that's what it takes to get there. On that same note, if you're trying to be the extreme levels of leanness, you're going to have to sleep and recover like it's your job. You really got to focus. You can't get four hours of broken sleep. Uh, you can't bullshit the mobility. A big part of your life is going to have to revolve around making food and dieting and training and recovery. That's it. You got to focus on those. And for me, um, this is always who I've been. 
And that's why I say, you don't want to live my life. You don't want to do what I do. I don't think it's for you. There is something fundamentally wrong with me. I understand that. Um, this has just become an extension of my athlete life, right? It's the closest thing I could do to playing pro sports because it wasn't going to happen for me. So all the way through high school, all the way through college, it was always like you practice, practice, practice. You have the season, preseason, weight training, and it's the games. And that's just, it's always what I did. So this just, I just leaked that into my adult life, if you will. And I've never really turned it off. Uh, and I'm happy with it. But I'm also the person who likes repetitive things. Uh, I like to have a routine. I like to be dedicated. I like to get up at, you know, 3.50 every single day. And I just put in the work. And that's allowed me to be here. For most people, that alone sounds disgusting. Um I also came up in this world in fitness that was a little bit different where the early days of like photo shoots and booking jobs in magazines on magazine covers, like if you're talking bodybuilding.com, if you're talking men's health, men's fitness, all these things, what they used to do was like send us a message. Hey, um, send us a photo of what you look like uh, by midnight. And if you looked lean enough, you could book the gig. If you were too fat, you didn't get the job. So early on when I'm not making money like we do now when I'm not, I don't have hundreds and hundreds of clients. I don't have this business infrastructure. I'm just trying to make it in fitness. Someone saying, Hey, send me a photo and see if you can come do this photo shoot and we'll pay you 500 bucks to hang out on a Sunday. Like that was a lot of money to me. And so I always, you know, the, the saying is if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And that's what we did because I knew if I sent a photo, a selfie, and I looked quote unquote chubby to them, even though I was in shape, I wasn't going to book the gig. And if I didn't book that job, they might not message me the next round for the next job. And so then I'm losing out on future income. So there was always this external motivator for me to live in this like fit kind of ripped mold that didn't exist for my friends that worked at Wells Fargo or sold insurance or were real estate agents. They just didn't have to do that. And why would they? Nobody gives a shit when they're buying their homeowner's insurance if their agent has shredded abs. Shout out to my man, Dave DiLorenzo, who is super fit. I do think it matters to me, but most people don't care if he is ripped or toned. It doesn't, it, it's irrelevant. But for my world, that was income. It was how I paid my bills. So I had to do it. And so obviously from my eating to my training to my recovery, it all played a part in it. And when I t talk about recovery for you guys, when you're training, you know, six or seven days a week and you're trying to be super lean, you have to take the recovery serious. Obviously, just so we can paint a picture, like at our house, we have the massage guns. We have Normatec boots. Um, we just got the cold plunge, which is miserable, but they say it's beneficial, so I'm trying it. Uh, we have a foam roller at my house. We have all the mobility balls and tools. We get professional massages done. That's a huge part of it. I always get to sleep at a decent hour. I mean, 300 and I would say, what is there, 365, 350 probably plus days a year. I'm at sleep at a decent time and I'm always waking up the same. So I always get the hours in so my body can heal and repair itself. I've created a lifestyle and an ecosystem here where my training and my scheduling always works out no matter what. And I never miss I never miss a workout no matter what. It doesn't fucking matter. I'm not going to miss one. That's what I do. I'm never going to eat shit on a Tuesday. It just doesn't happen. And that's a very regimented lifestyle. 
Uh, it's very focused. It's very sacrifice driven. I'm sure uh, even now at times, Heather wants to punch me in my face. Early on in our life, it was a struggle for sure. When I'm trying to tell her that this is all going to work out and it's going to make sense and it's going to be worth it. She looks at me like I'm a crazy person. When you're sitting at a dinner table with some friends at their house and you're drinking water and only eating protein and vegetables, you look like a fucking psychopath. But that's what I had to do then to get there. Now as an adult, I can kind of game it a little bit easier, but that's what it was. It's not conducive to an overall balanced, healthy lifestyle. So when I describe that, is that the level of being ripped you want to be? Is that level of being shredded worth it to you? Only you can answer that. And is it worth it to your husband or wife or to your kids or to your social circle? It might be, it might not be. I'm not trying to deter anybody. I love my life. I'm happy with it. It's great. I just don't think it's for everybody. And now I've talked about this before. Having six pack abs doesn't automatically make you healthy. In short, being really ripped, shredded, lean, a lot of times has nothing to do with being really, really healthy. They they cross over. There's people who are both. I think I'm living the dream. But a lot of people focus on getting, you know, lean and uh, it gets them away from being healthy. And that's when, again, like I said, your fitness deal is your fitness. And when, you know, being too lean for too long is unhealthy, that does happen too, especially for women. We've had uh, IFBB pros on here, all types of people who have competed, where it can lead to your hormones are not functioning. I believe like Ashley Ween said she didn't have a period for like five years. Uh, Felicia Romero has been on here talking about her eating disorder. She's had these massive shifts in weight gain where they're, you know, going from being on stage and then gaining 30 pounds, 40 pounds in a month or two, which is crazy. Obviously, uh, body types matter. Genetics matter. Some people naturally are leaner. Some people naturally are bigger. And uh, it really just depends on, on what you want to get out of it. And now if you're still listening at this point and you want to do it, and I haven't talked you out of it, which I'm not trying to do that. I just, I think in our industry, they sell a lot of bullshit. Hey man, lose uh, lose 30 pounds in two weeks. It's fucking nonsense. Hey, get six pack abs in, uh, you know, in a month. Can't happen. Uh, add 10 pounds of muscle in uh, a month or two. You're not going to do that. These things take time. I shared on Instagram the other day. Everybody wants results super quick. It's a microwave world, but this, my friends, is crock pot results. You're going to have to slow cook the hell out of it. Let it marinate, and then at the end, you can eat the meal. If you try to shortcut it, it's never going to be as good, and you'll probably never honestly get there. But if you are still listening, and you're like, you know what, Jeremy, I really want to do it. And this goes for anybody, honestly. If you're just overweight and want to be healthy, if you're healthy and you want to be lean, and if you're lean and you want to be just next level fitness, these would be the five things that I would do um, to put you on the path to get there um, as healthily, as healthily, is that a word? As healthily as possible and uh, and as quickly and as safely as possible. Now, this comes from my boy, Travis Merritt, who runs a great uh, business out in Rowlett, Texas. Shout out to Travis. I wanted to dig into these. He just has five real quick tips on, on how to get to your fitness goals, and honestly, any of your goals in life, whether you're trying to get out of debt, you know, live your dream, um, 
career, uh, you know, build your dream house or buy it or travel the world or write a book or, or start a side hustle or start your own business, whatever it may be. The first thing you got to do is you got to write it down. I know you guys have heard that before, but if you're willing to write something down, then I'm going to call it what it is. It's worth doing. If you're not willing to write it down, it's not worth doing. You have to write your goals down. If you run into a situation where you're not willing to write your goals down, ask yourself, is it really worth it? And if you're not willing to sacrifice anything, why are you trying to go after it? You got to write these things down. And if the, the simple act of writing it down is too complex or too hard for you, you do not give a shit about the goal. And you definitely will not be lean. You'll not be a multimillionaire. You will not, you know, start this great business. You will not become a doctor, whatever the goal is. If you never wrote it down, I don't know if it will ever happen for you. And it probably never did happen. Number two, set an end date. Set a reasonable but challenging time frame for you to accomplish the goal. Now, something that you know you can do is just buckle down and chase something, but not so aggressive that it stresses you out. I can tell you to plan for things, but you have to give yourself some wiggle room, right? Like life is going to throw you curveballs, there are going to be roadblocks, and there's going to be some things that come your way that were unaccounted for, but you have to have an end date that is aggressive, but not impossible. Obviously, you know, having a coach, and I'll talk about this in a second even more, is uh, is ideal. So if your goal is to, you know, want to lose 50 pounds, set a date. I would say a year is uh, an aggressive time frame, but it's not impossible. Meaning that you can have some some lags in the eating and maybe things don't go right, but you can still get it done in a year. If your goal is to pay off your credit card debt, depending on how much money you make, if it's, I owe, I got $20,000 on my Amex, I need to get rid of it. Well, if you make a hundred grand a year, I think paying off 20 grand in a year is aggressive, but it definitely is doable. And that's where you get with a professional. So have a coach help you with the weight loss, have your financial advisor, uh, or your CPA help you with the uh, aggressive pay down of that debt. These little things are important and it'll help you get there. But number one, write it down. And number two, set an end date. Number three, break it up into chunks. I'm a huge fan of chunking, obviously. So if your goal is to lose 50 pounds, you got to lose five pounds first. So start there. Start with the first five pounds and build from there. If you have $50,000 you have to save for a down payment on your house, Worry about the first five grand there. Don't worry about the fifty thousand. The same way you go to college, you don't worry about oh, I got to get a hundred and what is college credits? Is one hundred and twenty credits? One hundred and thirty credits? I'm old as shit. Haven't been in college forever. Uh, but you don't worry about the hundred and twenty-eight credits you have to do. You just worry about the sixteen credits you got in semester one. And even within that, you just worry about getting the first three credits, and you build from there. I can't emphasize enough how important that is. Where people get overwhelmed by the big picture. And they almost quit before they even start because thinking about losing 50 pounds and making this total body and life transformation or, for example, starting a business or, you know, climbing your first mountain, literally, like if it's Camelback or Mount Humphreys or your your new Machu Picchu, all these things you have to break it up. You don't just look at the top of the mountain and be like, fuck, that seems so far. You just put one foot in front of the other, man. 
what is it the uh, the famous quote we put in our 47 day transformation uh i'm gonna butcher who says it uh the journey to what is it the journey to a thousand miles takes one god i'm such an idiot today journey to a thousand it's not a thousand miles something like that um uh, i'm really blanking here is the journey to a thousand miles starts with one step right there a journey to a thousand steps Trying to Google it real quick. A person must begin his or her journey to reach their goal and ultimate destination. It's a proverb. A journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. There we go. God. Sorry, guys. Total brain fart. Anyways, the point I'm driving at is people get so overwhelmed with that. I had my brain fart idiot moment. It's uh, it's disheartening when you look at things from that far away. But I think of that as traveling to a new country or getting yourself out of debt or writing a book. You don't worry about 10,000 pages. You worry about writing the first page. So that's how I look at most of your fitness goals. If you know you have to go 1,000 miles, to think of that as daunting. To know you have to, to save $100,000 or lose 100 pounds or drop 20% body fat, that seems insane. But all of those things begin with one simple step. You got to break it up. Each of those things that I mentioned can be broken up into smaller chunks that makes the goal easier to wrap your mind around. Again, in the 50 pounds example, for some people, it's easier to think about losing five pounds than it is 50 pounds. So lose five pounds 10 times and just keep things moving forward. Number four, you got to tell somebody, you got to put it out into the world. Now, if you don't tell anybody, it's not official. And so if you throw it out there, it becomes real. Once it's in the universe and you tell someone, I think there is some social pressure there. And when I say say it out loud, I don't mean just to people on social media. Um, you can do that. I've done that before. Uh, I also don't care what people think about me. I have thick skin, so I don't give a shit if people talk trash about my goals and what I accomplish and do, which I've heard many times before. I tell you guys not to do that just because sometimes social media can be toxic a little bit and people might troll you. And so I stress telling someone whose opinion you value, people that matter to you. Maybe it's your husband or wife. Maybe it's a close friend, your community, your inner circle, just the like-minded individuals who are going to encourage you and lift you up and check up on you, the people who are going to fan your flame, not piss on your fire, as we like to say here. And uh, again, one of my favorite ways, and I'm obviously biased, is to get a coach and a mentor and tell them. Because a coach is not only going to be the person that you tell, they're the person that's going to help you. They're the person that's going to hold you accountable. And their opinion is going to matter to you. And I do think for most things in life, a coach is going to cut the learning curve down. So the results tend to happen faster and quicker and you can shortcut a lot of the bullshit. I personally have had a coach and mentor in many aspects of my life. Fitness, I have for sure. Uh, business, 100% for sure. Finances as well. And that's just to name a few. You can never underestimate the power of a good coach when it comes to achieving something that really matters in your life. And telling them your goals is important. My advisor does that for me in multiple ways. Uh, I've been part of business mastermind groups as well. And then I have an awesome inner circle of fitness people where we have shared common goals with each other, which is super helpful, as well as training partners. And the last one, number five, 
you just got to get started, dude. You got to start. If this is really important to you, if you really want to make a change and be lean and healthy and happy, the best time to start was yesterday. The next best time to start is today. Like you really just have to do it. And for a lot of people, this is the simplest, but the hardest of the five steps, because this is where the work starts. This is when you really got to do shit and actually put pen to paper and not just say things to other people and write it down. You actually have to get out and, and you know, chop the wood, if you will. And uh, the term work, I think, has been given a negative connotation. And uh, we've deemed work as bad. And work is not bad. Work is just sitting down and doing what needs to be done to get where you want. Don't think of work as punishment, but instead as the price of admission to play the game. That's powerful right there. And as a kid, maybe we get the wrong uh, take from it. Uh, at least I did. My dad would always say, you know, I'm like, I'm like, I don't want to do this. He's like, well, it's work. Nobody wants to do it. Otherwise, I would call it fun. They wouldn't call it work. And you can look at that both ways and be like, no, your work should be fun. Yeah, sometimes my work's fun. Sometimes my work sucks. And working out is fun, but sometimes my workouts suck. And that's tough. It's not punishment, but it's the price of admission to look and move and feel the way that you want. It's not fun, you know, uh, starting a business and not knowing what the hell you're doing and having to get, you know, business coaching and work these ridiculous amount of hours just to make the thing be functional and run to eventually make money one day. But that's a price of admission to be an entrepreneur. It's not super fun to work your ass off and eat right and, uh, and do it repeatedly and not see amazing results happen in two weeks. But that's a price of admission that you pay to be able to play this game. It works for everything in life. It's no different. Uh, that's a hard thing for people to grasp. So again, work is not bad. It's not punishment, but it has to be done. But if you just get started, you'll be surprised how things start to kind of snowball and take care of themselves. Obviously in fitness, for a lot of people, the hardest part is just getting going. But once you get started, once you see progress, and once that progress leads to momentum and does start to snowball, that momentum is going to start to carry you further and further and further. And that's where I say the rich do get richer. The fit do get fitter. My take for fitness coaches, if you're listening, I think you should get shredded at least once. Just one time. I'm not telling you got to live here every day. It's not worth it for you, I'm sure. But you should do it one time. Get as ripped as you possibly can one time in the scope of being healthy so you can understand what it takes, you understand the truth of it, and you know what it's going to cost your clients if they venture on that journey so you can speak to them, so you can quote unquote feel what they feel. You know what they're going through, you know what they're going to go through because you've been through it yourself. You've walked through the fire before they walk through the fire. It gives you a better perspective. It gives you a better coach, excuse me, makes you a better coach. And you're now leading from the front. For the average Joe, I don't know if it's worth it for you. It might not be. It might be. Depends on your personality type and, and what you're doing it for. And not just why you're doing it, but what are you doing it for? And if you find a happiness and a balance in it, then I'm all for it. For most people, 
I'm going to take a page out of Dave Schmidt's book here. Dave Schmidt is the band man on Instagram, on YouTube. If you want band workouts, he is the best in the business. There's nobody better. Uh, nobody has taught me more about using bands in a trillion different ways than him. Uh, I have to credit him a lot for my education in terms of, of band training. And he is, he's a gamer, dude. He's been, he's been doing it for even longer than me. He never turns it off. The consistency is unreal. He just shared this today. He said the key is sustainability and consistency when it comes to workouts. So that means your workout plan for most people needs to fit your schedule, needs to fit your location, needs to fit your fitness level, needs to fit your enjoyment and your fitness goal. That's what a successful, sustainable fitness program looks like that you can do consistently. Oftentimes, that is probably not going to lead you to be the fittest you could possibly ever be. However, that might be the best balance of happiness and free time and lifestyle that you could get all mixed into one. For most people, the extremes is probably not where they should live. And I know people hate being average, but sometimes in terms of this, that might be the best place for a lot of people to live to get everything out of a well-rounded life. If you have no interest in that and you want to join the cycle pass, Hopefully, I laid out a plan for you guys to get there. And the biggest thing you have to do is just audit and ask yourself as you go through this journey, is the juice worth the squeeze? And is adding these things to my life making my life better or worse? Is the journey of being the fittest I could possibly be adding value to my life or taking happiness away from my life? You can say the same thing about the house you live in, the car you drive, the career you have, and even your relationships. Everything has a cost. I do this with everything in my life as everything has a trade-off and everything costs you. And you just got to be honest with yourself. The shape you're in, the house you live in, the car you drive, or the relationship you have, are these things adding value to my life? Is the end result from all the work I put in a blessing? Or are all these things taking away from my life, are they taking away more than they're giving me? And only you can answer that. And so I hope this helps uh, kind of paint a picture of, of what it would look like as you guys kind of venture on your journey. Because I meet a lot of awesome people who are super healthy and super fit and they get into this and they're motivated and they want to pursue it. And then for all of us, we have to understand where we want to take it, where we want to be and what is the best way we can make fitness be part of our life, but not have it take over our life? Unless, of course, your business is called Jeremy Scott Fitness and your name is in the building and a lot of it is centered around you and what you do and how you live your life. And if it's naturally you, then it fits. And if it's not, you guys can, uh, you can decide uh, where you want to kind of live on this journey. And the cool thing is, is that you can go in seasons. You can go up, you can go down, but at the end of the day, I would urge everybody to find a happy balance so you can still enjoy the things you enjoy, be as social as you want to be, have the time with friends and family, and not have the things you're doing in terms of your health and fitness take away from those things, but more importantly, give back to those things and make those experiences and those journeys and adventures even more fun and enjoyable than they would be if you were in a worse level of fitness. So. 
Hopefully that helps. I know I talked a lot there, um, but I want to kind of paint a clear picture for everybody. Hopefully you got the gist of it. If you guys have any questions on that, feel free to reach out. I know I've talked about my personal stuff of what I've done for fitness more than enough. So I think you guys kind of grasp it and you kind of see what I do every single day. And you just have to audit your life and see what's going to work best for you and your goals. So I thank you guys as always. If you happen to be on Spotify now, uh, you can drop it a five-star on Spotify. They do the reviews on there now, as well as if you're on Apple Podcasts and you're on an iPhone, stop, go to the uh, Apple Podcasts icon, scroll your finger all the way down, drop it a five-star, leave a comment. I truly would appreciate it. And if you have a friend or family member or somebody who's on a fitness journey that could benefit from this episode, share it with them. And obviously, if you have a friend who wants to be super fit, maybe this kind of paints a picture of what it's going to look like. Take it from a dude who's been in this same level of shape for the better part of 15 years, and I'm much, much closer to 40 than I am to 30, and I really have no intentions of kind of taking my foot off the gas. And uh, it's worked for me. Uh, and again, I'm very transparent about what it's taken to get here and uh, and the cost of it all. And for a lot of people, it's just uh, asking yourself, is the juice worth the squeeze? Thank you guys. As always, I'll be back on the podcast on Sunday with Heather, and then I have a ton of guests the entire rest of the month, some real great people, uh, some entrepreneurs, some motivational folks, and some real uh, – heavy hitters in the world of uh, health and fitness. I think you guys are going to dig. So thank you as always. And until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice to people. And please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.